I'm Dan Ross. I'm attempting to lose weight in order to become a professional wrestler. It's fair to say, I've got no chance. This is the No Chance Podcast. So yeah, episode two now of the No Chance podcast. Thanks for everyone who listened to the first episode and if you're listening again. So we'll start with what we always start with, which is the weigh-in. So last week I was in at uh, £309, uh, which made me the same weight as the dead man himself, uh, The Undertaker. This week I have lost £4 which puts me at the same weight. Uh, well, quite a few wrestlers I had a, a choice of comparing myself to. Uh, the Big Boss Man was one. Road Warrior, Road Warrior Animal was another one. And uh, the third one, the one I've gone for, is the Bulgarian, uh, sometimes Russian, brute Rusev, who uh, was the shortest of the three. So that put him more in line uh, with my height. Build at six foot by WWE, uh, I'm 5'10", so I'd probably be billed at six foot by WWE. So that puts me in the same category as Rusev. So, yeah, <clears throat> looking forward to uh, randomly flipping between being Bel- uh, Bulgarian and Russian and then having a day. Yeah, so it's good. Undertaker to Rusev, bit of a bit of a downgrade, but two wrestlers I like, so I'm not going to complain too much. This week, this episode, uh, no guests, uh, just on me, Todd, for this one. So, a bit of rambling from me. But it also gives me an opportunity to talk uh, more at length about uh, how this podcast came about and the general idea behind it. So, as I mentioned last week, I've been a, a lifelong wrestling fan. And it's one of the things in my life that I've sort of stuck with as a hobby, uh more than anything else, along with football and comedy. But with those two things, I've actually tried them out as an actual hobby themselves rather than just being a committed spectator. So football, uh, I am terrible at football, it must be said, but I have played it at school, at uni, and um, even at one point got to play football at the England training ground. But I think I'll save that story for another episode perhaps when I go more in depth about uh, the the football league I was playing in that led to me uh, being able to play at the England training ground twice but never got a call up unfortunately Uh, which is why we lost to Croatia in the World Cup I feel I think I would have had that clinical edge just to get us over the line and into the final and comedy I've done stand-up comedy not to a high level at all um, but I have actually, you know, been on a stage and done stand-up comedy. So it got me thinking, I've done these two things. Wrestling, I've not done anything to do with wrestling other than just go and watch and stay up very late watching pay-per-views on Sunday nights and then regretting it on Monday mornings when they turn out to be awful. But, um, you know, you do get some good ones, but mostly awful and you know, 12 o'clock regret of being knackered after staying up till 5am. But moving on, so I thought I've got to have at least one match, have one go at wrestling because it's a hobby I'm so invested in that it would seem foolish not to give it a go at least once. So that's when I came up with the idea, let's lose weight, let's try and get in shape, 
Let's Become a Wrestler. And I was speaking about this to Josh, who was on the show last week, and he said that is literally not going to happen. There is no chance in hell that you're going to be able to do that. So I decided to give it a go, mostly to shut Josh up and mostly to, and similarly to achieve the goal of taking part in a hobby I really enjoy. We'll see how, how far this goes. Hopefully, I mean, initial first weigh-in, first week, lost four pounds. I'm pretty happy with that because I know I can do more next week um, to lose more. So I've mostly just been calorie counting um, and doing 10,000 steps a day in terms of exercise. So I can easily do more exercise and I can easily take more focus on what I eat, cut out carbs, cut out fats, uh, sugar, stuff like that, try and focus on just like raw protein, veg, stuff like that, what the wrestlers eat. Um, there are a few sort of like diet plans, exercise guides of what certain wrestlers eat. And maybe once I've got a bit more in shape, there's something I could look into trying to have the diet of the rock for a week or something like that, which may kill me, but it also may turn me into the most uh, successful film star in the world. So that's something to look forward to as well. But for now, let's have a little break. Part two of the show, and it's mine and everyone's favourite segment. Can you smell... What Dan Ross is cooking. So this is the part of the show where I try healthy foods, healthy sort of celebrity chefs, um, healthy restaurants, stuff like that. See if I can find or like a really good healthy dish that's just going to blow my mind and change my approach to eating. Because, of course... The one thing like the, 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 the people say about losing weight is it's, it, it's got to be a lifestyle change, you know? So either I've got to find foods and um, exercises that I can make part of my everyday life quite easily because otherwise I'll just end up, like, eating cake every day, which is fun, but, like, you look at Finn Balor, you look at uh, Seth Rollins, I don't think... I would would guess, I'd make an educated guess, that they are not eating cake every day. So, last week uh, I got Josh to randomly select a celebrity chef um, for me to make a meal uh, from one of their healthier recipes, from a little list I made up before, and uh, we got Tom Kerridge. So, I made... um, from the BBC website, from his healthy cooking TV series, uh, Southern Fried. And the fried, in case you're worried, is in inverted commas. It wasn't fried, it was done in the oven. Southern Fried Chicken with a new potato salad. So the criteria I judge these foods on is taste, easiness, and filliness compared to caloriness. Yeah, so how filling it is compared to how many calories were in the meal. So the whole meal altogether came to 510 calories, which for an evening meal I think is quite good, quite low. Um, and it, it did fill me up. It was like a proper evening meal. Like I've had some healthy foods before, low-fat versions of stuff, which I'm always wary of low-fat versions of stuff because it just makes you think of the stuff you actually like 
like low fat crisps. I'm just like, I'd rather just be eating crisps. And then you think about crisps, then you buy a big bag of crisps, or at least I, I say you. It's very definitely me who does this, but. So I'm always wary of low-fat alternatives to stuff that I generally like, like fried chicken is probably my favourite food, which explains a lot about my current physique, explains why I'm the same weight as Rusev, but not married to Lana and not a professional wrestler. Uh, So yeah, I was wary of this, but I thought I like fried chicken. I like Tom Kerridge, he seems like a nice man. Let's go for this southern fried, and that is fried in inverted commas. Once again, I will mention that chicken and um so fillingness caloriness i've got to give it a high a high score on that because it delivered in that regard so i'm going to give that out of 10 and 8 which uh you know room for improvement but still very good the next thing is i'm going to talk about is the taste so this was basically a chicken thigh fillet trimmed of all the fat marinated in a buttermilk uh, marinade overnight and then covered in flour and a range of herbs and spices. I think there are probably about 11 herbs and spices. I don't know where they got that idea from, but um, yeah, so really, really flavoursome, really good. A lot of paprika in there. Big fan of the old paprika. Uh, The potato salad was really good as well. Um, Low-fat yoghurt, mayonnaise, Dijon mustard, chives, some uh, cornichons in there um, and yeah like real big flavours really nice but like quite clean and um, not overly like fatty or greasy or anything like that which um, normally I would say was a bad thing I'd be like this isn't fatty and greasy I'm not going to eat this but uh, given this uh, change in lifestyle I am going through that's got to be a plus point um, for that one so yeah taste wise it's uh, this is going to be bold it's a big shout but I'm going to give it a 9 um, it could have been a bit more spicy, a bit more flavoursome, a few more herbs in that thrown in, but um, I think that was more me failing to deliver on the recipe rather than uh, the recipe itself being bad. As I got, like I will say again, I was really impressed by this uh, from Tom Kerridge. You can see how he has lost so much weight, and it's cool to have someone in the mainstream that was like a big fat guy who's now slim, uh, someone to sort of look up to and as an just going off on a tangent here that's kind of another reason why I wanted to do this podcast because I as someone who you know yo-yo dieting wanting to lose weight for a long time trying failing starting again um so I look at like health and fitness stuff um weight loss regimes and stuff like that and a lot of the people you know figureheads of these um weight loss dvds and stuff like that books are either people that were already slim and already in like tremendous shape uh like joe wicks or are celebrities from like reality tv and there's not a lot of stuff um aimed at sort of young men or or men in general about diet and weight loss um i remember being about 16 17 um and wanting to, you know, you're very self-conscious at age. So I wanted to lose weight. Didn't really know anything about food and nutrition. I mean, I don't really know anything about food or nutrition now. Um, hence why I'm so big. But um, I knew much less then. So I was looking at something I could do for a diet. And I decided to do the the, uh, the Special K diet, 
where you get you have two bowls of special K for breakfast and lunch and then like a healthy dinner and eventually I got really put off by it because everything on the packaging everything on the websites and everything were about getting bikini body ready and that's not what I'm about I mean I'm already quite bikini body ready which is a bad thing for a 27 year old man uh, to be so voluptuous but um, so yeah that put me off so to see someone like Tom Kerridge and it's not sort of about women wanting to look nice it's about anyone just wanting to get healthier and fitter and a better lifestyle so yeah big props to I feel like this is turning into a Tom Kerridge uh, rallying podcast but yeah big props to Tom Kerridge for that and especially after trying that recipe so it's a nine for the for the taste uh adding to the eight for the fillingness compared to calorific intake so yeah good start for tom carriage now this is the part where it does go down a bit the ease of uh preparing the meal so in terms of like the actual method of preparing it it was very straightforward uh marinating overnight uh curing the chicken and flour cooking on a, uh, the highest heat of your oven which did scare me because I didn't know what my oven's highest heat was I was worried I was going to burn the place to the ground burn my chicken um, burn my flat down but fortunately it worked really well so like the method was great uh, again you can tell that this is a proper chef coming up with this recipe the only downside in terms of the preparation was the fact that um you can only really get a lot of the ingredients in, or at least for me, I could only get a lot of the ingredients in uh, the more high-end supermarket. Uh, I won't name names, but yeah, I had to go to, we all know who I'm talking about, Waitrose, basically. I said I won't name names, I just have. The more high-end supermarket, so I had to go to Waitrose to get it. Um, there is a Waitrose near me, but it's just, you know, not everyone has access to a Waitrose. Like, I don't think there's any in the north. That, that, that's a joke. Um, so it may not be the easy... It's not like a quick, simple, easy thing to get everything ready for. So I've got to knock, knock, knock points off for that. So the ease, I'm going to give a... Six. Very easy to make, but hard to get all the ingredients ready to actually make it. But other than that... Got nothing but good things to say about Tom Courage's Southern Fried. And that is fried in inverted commas. I will say that again. Tom Courage's Fried Chicken. So that was a 9, an 8 and a 6. Quick bit of maths tells me that gets a score of 23. Overtaking last week's meal of uh, salt and vinegar, snacker jacks and pineapple chunks. Which I gave 22 out of 34. I really don't know what I was uh, thinking with that. So I'm just going to retcon that away. Like, that never happened. We never mentioned that. That's not part of the league table. So Tom Courage goes top as the only entry in the food uh, rankings of Can You Smell What Dan Ross is cooking. So that brings me to finding out who I'm going to be cooking this week. I've uh, not got someone to pick a random number as... There's no one here except me. Uh, so I've used a random number generator, and it has given me Gordon Ramsay. I'm getting very lucky with these selections. So Tom Courage was six, Gordon Ramsay's five, uh, and I've hit them both, and they are both very good at cooking. And 
so I'm very much looking forward to having some good food again this week. There's going to be like a run where I just keep getting uh, like reality TV stars and people I've never heard of who've made food and um, I'll just be eating terrible stuff. No, let's not be cynical. It could be good. But yeah, Tom Kerridge, Gordon Ramsay back to back. I'm very happy with that. Um, Both people I want on the show, as you will have heard last week, uh, both people who make really good food. So it should be fun. Gordon Ramsay as well, big into health and fitness. So again, another one who should be delivering some top-notch grub. So very much looking forward to that. I think it's time for a break. So obviously this is No Chance, the weight loss and wrestling podcast or wrestling and weight loss podcast. I can never remember which order I put it in, but those are the two things that this show focuses on. Obviously so far I've just talked about weight loss, healthy eating, stuff like that, what I've been doing, but now I'm going to get on to the wrestling chat. So last week me and Josh very smarkily talked about AEW like a couple of big wrestling nerds um wrestling chat wise now I can't chat because again I'm so lonely but I can have a weird conversation with myself so what I'm going to do now is I've come up with eight questions which are going to be my big wrestling questions for the show so other people who come on I may ask them these questions just to get a sense of their view on wrestling Um, So these are the No Chance 8 questions, and I will be giving you my answers to the questions that I've made up, so you can just get a sense of what kind of wrestling fan I am. It's a big nerdy one, but more in-depth knowledge of what I like in the world of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. So question number one, it's a big one for any wrestling fan, who is your favourite wrestler? Now this is a hard one for me because... I go through different stages of sort of love for wrestlers at the moment. My favourite wrestler is Kofi Kingston. Um, Been a big fan of the New Day for a long time. And to see him potentially going for the WWE title at Mania is just such a cool story that they've done really well. Something very rare from the WWE to deliver a storyline well, but they've done it here and kudos to them for that. Equally, the sort of storyline... I've most ever been invested in was Daniel Bryan going for the WWE title uh, on the lead up to WrestleMania 30. There was so much going on with that storyline and I was just so invested in Daniel Bryan. It Literally the most I've ever cared about a wrestler was when Daniel Bryan was going for that uh, WWE title at WrestleMania 30. You think, oh, that's cute. You were probably quite young. No, five years ago, so I would have been 22 probably too old to be that invested in wrestling but I was going mad like when wrestling's good you forget that it's like good tv you forget that it's fake that it's a show you just get so invested and care so much uh and that's one thing I think people who don't like wrestling can't understand like how invested you can get in it it's like the longest running tv show ever it's like a massively great soap it's like how people get invested in coronation street or eastenders that's what happens with wrestling so daniel bryan massive one for me in terms of that but favorite wrestler i've got to go for longevity wise someone whose entire career i've really enjoyed and whose entire career has spanned my fandom 
of professional wrestling. And this is someone I would also argue is the best wrestler of all time. Uh, so my favourite wrestler is Y2J, Chris Jericho. Stalwart of the Attitude Era, some great promos, some great stuff with Steph. Moving forward, uh, great feud in the sort of mid-late 2000s when wrestling was kind of finding its feet again with Shawn Michaels. The best stuff going on in the company at that time. Great feud with CM Punk as well. And more recently, the stuff with Kevin Owens was fantastic. And now moving on to AEW, with stuff with Kenny Omega and everything like that. Really cool. Someone who clearly cares about the business and cares about his body of work. And uh, yeah, you can't help but admire that if you are a big nerdy nerdy wrestling fan like me. So long explanation for question number one. But the simple answer is this. My favourite wrestler is Chris Jericho. Second question, favourite match. So there's a few for this uh, that I could have thought of. Um, the Bailey sasha Banks series at NXT TakeOvers. Um, I was so invested in them, loved those matches. Similarly, Gargano versus Champa recently, those series of matches. Um, some more, you know, retro stuff. You've got, TLC's, WrestleMania 17, Hogan Rock, um, any of the Hogan Austin matches, uh, Rock Austin matches, sorry. Um, but I had to go for this one. Again, just the storyline I was massively invested in. Um, and a match I just thought was so cool and so well done, especially with the ending and the venue and everything sort of came together. Like in wrestling, when stuff comes together and it works, it just works so well. Uh, so my favourite match of all time is CM Punk, versus John Cena, Money in the Bank, Chicago, uh, CM Punk going for John Cena's WWE title, but his contract expiring as the show finishes. And he wanted to walk out with the WWE title, rub it in Vince McMahon's face, and that is exactly what he did. Chicago crowd, just huge, hot for Punk. Uh, Cena doing his role as kind of the face for everyone else, but the heel for... The punk fans really well. Vince being classic Vince. He was another one who I could potentially could have said is my favourite wrestler, uh, Vince McMahon. I just find him so fascinating. He's so weird, but like a billionaire. Oh, I love him, but I also hate him. He's so weird. Um, yeah, he he doing his role so well. Lots of like false finishes in the ending. Del Rio coming out with a briefcase looking to cash in. And then Punk leaving through the fans um, with the title blowing a kiss to Vince McMahon it was perfect uh, I watched this match around my, my mate's house at 6 in the morning so we, we decided instead of staying up to watch the pay-per-view we'd wake up early and watch it all in the morning I think we were both still yeah we would have been both still students at that time so we were able to have a lot of time off and we watched it in his front room uh, and lost our minds when CM Punk won, uh, swearing at the TV, like putting our middle finger up to Vince and going, ah, take that, even though it was 100% Vince's decision for what happens, as everything is at the WWE. But you're just so, like, wrapped up in the story that you just don't care. Um, and then his mom walked in the room as we were going mental and called us both sad, which is uh, probably fair. So, question number three. Current top five wrestlers uh so i'm including stables and tag teams as one entry for this just because i mean for me personally if i did my current top five three would have been in the same group so 
yeah, for people who are coming on, if you're doing your top five, a stable or a tag team counts as one. So my current top five in no particular order, well, it's actually in this order, favourites to least favourite of the five are The New Day, Becky Lynch, Pete Dunne, The Velveteen Dream, and Sasha Banks. New Day was the easiest one. They're my favourite act in wrestling. They've been my favourite act pretty much ever since they turned heel um, after debuting with their gimmick, which was terrible, and just turning it around. And it's three people who clearly live, live for the gimmick, love wrestling, care really about how their characters are and how they're presented, and just they just know everything about what they are as a group, and now they're finally getting the big push they deserve. Uh, and they just never get stale. Like A lot of the smarkier, smarky fans have had periods where, like, if you go on Reddit and stuff like that, people have gone off them because, you know, they're getting stale, they're too funny, but they're entertaining, and whenever you think they're getting too stale, they change it up, and they can also be serious. Anyone who watched SmackDown um, the past couple of weeks can see they can do serious as well. Funny does equal money, uh, to counteract a popular wrestling quote. Second, Becky Lynch. Um, yeah, obviously, Becky's on fire at the moment. Uh, she's been great for a long time. The storyline at the moment has been handled terribly. Like, it's gone from being the hottest thing in wrestling, this Becky versus Ronda feud, to just something that's becoming slightly cringy, uh, with uh, Ronda's constant breaking of kayfabe, thinking she's cool. Like, I think she's been talking to Vince Russo too much. But, um, yeah, Becky is just on fire, and just to see how much people love her from someone who admit, who said recently she nearly got released from NXT before her debut to now being, like, the new Stone Cold. It's incredible. Third is Pete Dunne. A uh, bit of bias in this one because he is from the West Midlands, I am from the West Midlands. Quite a few wrestlers at the moment uh, in the WWE umbrella are from the West Midlands down in NXT UK, but Pete Dunne is definitely the best. He plays the sort of snarky, moany hates everyone kind of gimmick really well. And I once saw him going into a Marks and Spencers uh, near where I live, so that just adds points to him. Fourth, Velveteen Dream. Again, someone that just knows his character, gets his character well, and can perform in the ring as well, can just go. Um, so, yeah, like a running thread of this, a running theme you will see is that I like proper characters... Uh, like people just in black trunks who are, like just want to fight people doesn't appeal to me like I have no reason to care about you but people like Velveteen Dream New Day Becky Pete Dunne who have a clear defined character and just execute it they're they're my guys uh, guys and girls so fifth is so this was a hard one to pick my, my fifth favourite wrestler of the moment because this is current top five my top five changes a lot but I had to go with one of my all-time favourites, Sasha Banks. Um, obviously, she's not really done a lot for the past year or so. First ever women's tag team champion, though, with Bailey, but kind of a bit pushed to the side by Becky, Charlotte, Ronda, uh, at the moment, Asuka as well, a champion. But Sasha, like, if you watch that original NXT run of Sasha Banks, so, 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 so good. Um, and... A perfect heel. I don't know why they've kept her face for so long. She's, I think, the best heel they've got in the company at the moment. So maybe down the line we'll see a, a heel turn from Sasha, and that would be 
fantastic in my book. Question number four, favourite pay-per-view. Mentioned earlier, massive investment in the Daniel Bryan uh, road to beating the authority and winning the WWE title. So therefore, I've got to give this to WrestleMania 30 as my favourite pay-per-view. Some massive things on there as well. Uh, Take a streak being broken. The Shield running through um, the New Age Outlaws and Kane. Fantastic matches. Obviously, Brian versus Triple H to open it up. Culminating in that amazing main event. Only ruined by like Michael Cole's stupid trying to get branding and trademark names and they're shouting the Miracle Kid over and over again. But other than that, I think a near-perfect pay-per-view. Um, some more quick-fire questions now. Question number five, Brett or Sean? This is a big question in, like, wrestling fandom. Who do you think is better, Brett or Sean? For me, I've got to go Sean Michaels, Heartbreak Kid, HBK, because I've never really watched Brett. Uh, when he got injured, got had to retire, I was not watching wrestling. I started a couple of years after that. And also, he's a bit serious for me. I like a bit of, like a bit of fun with my wrestling because you know wrestling is silly. Uh, you can't get away from that fact. And Shawn Michaels embraces that. And when he, so I never saw his original run. I've obviously watched things um, on the on the network, which you can get for nine ninety nine. In case anyone didn't know, um, but he when he came back. That's when I really got into Shawn Michaels and just saw how good he is. Uh, so, like, favourite wrestlers, Jericho, who I think is the best wrestler, would probably be between Jericho and Michaels. Obviously, they had a great WrestleMania match as well. And, uh, yeah, the Shawn matches with Taker uh, and with Flair at Mania. Amazing. His DX stuff when he came back with Triple H was a bit like two sad old blokes trying to pretend they're cool. But we'll forgive that because Shawn Michaels is the man. Sixth question, on a similar line, The Rock or Austin, the two big stars of the Attitude Errors, the two... of Attitude Error, sorry, Era. I got told off to say how I say Error or Era by my brother, so I'm just going to try and not say it. But the two big stars of the Attitude period of time. Um, obviously, you had other people like Jericho, like Triple H, but they were more kind of B-plus players. The Rock and Austin were the A-grade, the big stars. And for me, between the two, I've got to go for The Rock. Um, He is just like pure charisma. You can see why he has become the biggest star in the world. And even when he turns heel, he's just hilarious. So when he came back after going to Hollywood, I was watching a lot of that stuff last night, which is what made me think of the question. And when he goes to Toronto... And if you've not seen it, look up the Rock Toronto uh, promo because it's so, so, so good. Because uh, obviously it's the Rock and everyone loves the Rock. So this was about 2003. So they wanted to cheer him, but he was just so good at winding them up that he got massive, massive boos. Just goes to show like how good he actually was on that there microphone. Question number seven, again, tying into uh, the Astude era, was my earliest wrestling memory. So... I remember kind of flicking around the TV channels looking for something to watch and I saw this big muscly man locked in a room with some snakes and I believe from looking back on it that was Stone Cold Steve Austin throwing Triple H into a room filled with rattlesnakes and that is literally my earliest wrestling memory. 
Didn't quite get into it from then. Uh, I remember Austin being run over. That was a big thing, like, everyone was talking about in year two or three, uh, about whether it was real or not. Uh, oh, to be young again. And that's something that started to pique my interest. But, yeah, it was WrestleMania 2000 where I first got really, really into it, um, even though many people consider that to be one of the worst WrestleManias ever. And one of my fondest earliest wrestling memories is Chris Jericho beating Triple H for the WWF at that time championship uh, after Earl Hebner screwed Triple H. As Mike Yoda said, it was a fast count. Uh, Just watching that roar, again, just being so wrapped up in it. And finally, question number eight, what would my finisher be if I were a professional wrestler? And I think at this moment in time, it would be the most pertinent, the most the most damaging for my finisher to be the big splash just jumping on someone belly first belly flop i think that'd be an easy one two three for me there as we move on that might change um but yeah the moment big splash definitely going to do the most damage i realize i talked a lot there about wrestling so for your sake and mine let's have a break This brings us to the end of episode two of No Chance Pod. Thank you for listening. I'll be back again next week again with Josh and we'll be talking more about health, fitness and professional wrestling. So before I go, I would just like to say if you've enjoyed the show, if you could please um, leave us a nice review on iTunes. We're on iTunes now, which is class. and also, if you could follow uh, the show on Twitter and Instagram, both of them are at No Chance Pod, just to help spread the word of my quest to become the greatest professional, or a professional wrestler, I should say, not the greatest of all time. And that's not quite a goal yet, but it may become one once I lace up a pair of boots. So all that's left to say is thank you for listening, and please join us again next week. I've been Dan Ross. Goodbye.